you know, a little known fact is how many people really are managing incontinence, some form of urinary or bowel, and it's about 80 million. I mean, it's a huge number of individuals. And as we said on this call, men, women, and children of all ages. So it can affect anyone anywhere. And then also another fact in terms of statistics, one third of people affected by incontinence are under the age of 30. A lot of people think it is something that affects older people, women, things like that. But really a third of those people are under, under 30 years of age. Eighty million people in the United States. There's 25% of the U.S. population dealing with incontinence. And with the condition impacting people of all ages, races, and genders, chances are very high that you know at least one person dealing with some form of urinary or bowel incontinence. But where is that number coming from and what specific symptoms are considered in that statistic? Luckily, Bostic is here to help. Welcome to Attached to Hygiene. I'm your host, Jack Hughes, Global Digital Marketing Manager at Bostic. On every episode of Attached to Hygiene, Bostic and other industry experts provide valuable insight into market and consumer trends in the disposable hygiene industry and how article producers like you can increase their success and reach their business goals. On today's episode, we're speaking with Adam Greenberg and Vicki Wolpoff from North Shore Care Supply and Diane Tunin from Bostic. Adam started North Shore Care Supply in 2002 after being dissatisfied with the retail offerings on the market that some of his family members were using to manage their incontinence. And that has taken him on a 20-year journey to becoming a major player in the supply of direct-to-consumer incontinence products and has made North Shore a leading expert on the incontinence market in the U.S. On part one of this two-part episode, we'll discuss the definition of incontinence, the current state of the market in the United States, and explore some of the needs of the institutional side of the market before learning more about the needs of those with the condition in part two. Joining me today to discuss the incontinence market are Vicki Wolpoff and Adam Greenberg from North Shore Care Supply and Diane Tunin from Bostic. Vicki and Adam, welcome. As our guests from outside of Bostic, I'll start with you and Vicki will specifically start with you. Can you please introduce yourself and your experience and roles in the, in the hygiene industry and then share what you like most about working in the hygiene industry? Sure. Well, thanks for having us. And my name is Vicki Walpuff. I am the Director of Marketing and Communications for North Shore Care Supply. And what I like about working in the hygiene industry is that we are helping people. I have always spent my time and career in healthcare and marketing and medically necessary supplies such as hygiene products. And, and it's very exciting to know that we make a difference in people's lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you know, we've had several guests say that now that it's it's very beneficial to know that what we're working on is really being used by end consumers and, and is making a difference in their lives as opposed to, you know, something more, you know, abstract that these products are are really helping and supporting people in especially in incontinence with with something that maybe isn't always the most comfortable condition to be living with. And Adam, same to you. Do you mind introducing yourself and your role at North Shore and also what you like about working in the hygiene industry? Uh, thanks very much for having us. Uh, yeah, Adam Greenberg, I'm the owner and founder of North Shore Care Supply. Started the company back in 2002. It was a very personal experience for me. Had some very close family members at that time that were struggling managing incontinence for a variety of reasons. 
could be privacy, also convenience was a, bi- a big thing for one family member, never having access to the products right when they need. So it's something I, I dove in, tried to find, you know, is there a better way we can, we can help get these uh, necessary items to the family members, to, to the patients? And uh, it's been a, a real learning experience over the last 19 years. We've uh, ventured into a, f- a few uh, complementary niches over the years, but really found our, found our way back home to incontinence and specifically heavy incontinence where there are less options at the retail stores for consumers, which has been our primary focus over the last 19 years is direct to consumer. And really just, you know, it's such a rewarding uh, job as, uh, as, as Vicky mentioned, really, you know, our mission is to empower people to live their lives to the fullest and do that without, without judgment, which the psychological aspects are really, really important to people as they try to figure out how to best manage their, their care. Yeah, I've heard your your story about getting into the industry or into the you know the adult incontinence market a few times, and it obviously it, it shows that you and and North Shore overall is really invested in in the people who are you know suffering from this condition because it's it's personal. It's not just you know something you're doing to make money or have a business. It's it's obviously very personal, and I will dive into some of that and, and some of the proof behind that as well when I talk about you know hearing you speak at Hygienics, but I definitely get that from the way that you and, and North Shore overall approaches the market. So North Shore obviously has a broad expertise on the incontinence market and particularly the needs of consumers, but Bostic has their own experience and expertise in the market, particularly on the condition itself. And Diane, that is why you're here joining us for the second time on the podcast. Can you reintroduce yourself and expand on Bostic's experience in the incontinence market? Sure. Thanks, Jack. I'm Diane Tunin, Global Marketing Director for Bostic's Hygiene Adhesive Business Unit. And we provide adhesives used for each of the disposable hygiene segments, broadly baby diapers, feminine care pads, and disposable adult incontinence products. And Bostic has spent a lot of time doing a market study on the adult incontinence segment. We found that historically, it's often been easy to think of the adhesive applications in adult incontinence as just being for big diapers or big pull-on pants or pads or liners. But we recognize the importance of the segment, uh, the unique needs and the considerations and the diversity and complexity really of this segment. And so we wanted to dig deeper. So we did a global study of the market, the needs, some of the disposable hygiene products globally to help us to better serve this really important segment. And we're happy to get the chance to talk some about this here. Yeah, I know when I first started at Bostic, I, I think this was one of the first big things I was exposed to because we were fresh off of uh, Christoph Morel really diving into this and kind of delivering his report. And, and it, you know, it was, it was a lot to take in as someone new to the hygiene market. And, and you really get a sense of how, as you said, diverse and, and varying and how many different needs there really are in the market. And I know we'll, we'll definitely be diving into that here in a minute. So thank you all for the, the introductions. I, I appreciate that. And before we dive into some of the specifics of the, the topic of incontinence today, I'd again like to give credit where credit's due. I alluded to this in uh, the, the intro. You know, I saw you, Adam, present at Hygienics, which is a, a North American hygiene conference late in 2020. I love the approach that you took, and I obviously appreciate you sharing some of the insights because I think that type of information is helpful to especially a company like Bostic that doesn't necessarily serve the end consumer, but is really serving customers like you who are then serving the end consumers. So really appreciate you doing that. I thought it was a really great presentation, and I'm looking forward to diving a little deeper into that. 
Yeah, thank you very much. You know, as the longer we've been in this business, the the more we realize, you know, how much there, that we don't know and we don't understand what people are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. It is such a very diverse group of uh, of people that are dealing with incontinence in so many different uh, ways, shapes, and forms. And, you know, some people's needs may be more financial, some may be more just physical needs. And a lot of people are struggling with the emotional aspects. So we did embark on a, on a multi-year uh, approach of surveying customers that we had already interactions with, but also incontinence users that we didn't necessarily have interactions with and really finding out where they were struggling. What could we do to help more people start to manage their care earlier to get to a doctor, a prof- medical professional earlier so they could actually start uh, getting back to the, their normal routine a little bit quicker and really understand where, where we could do better. You know, we were always doing uh, what we thought was a five-star job, getting very uh, good reviews, saying hey, North Shore is very responsive. They have reliable deliveries and, and very good products. But, you know, in this category, people are just very hesitant to actually tell you what they're struggling with, and they don't really know how to verbalize what they need to make it better. So we thought there's there's so much more to learn. Let, let's figure out if we can get to the bottom of what's really holding people back in improving their, their level of care. And that's what we've uh, what we've gone about. Yeah, and I'd say it's it's working out for you with that approach. And the one the one word that that really stuck out to me in there and and I'm we're going to hear it a couple times particularly when we get into some of the needs of the the market but the word normal like that's really all the the people who have this condition really want is just to get back to normal to feel as normal as possible because this isn't something that's comfortable to talk about and companies in the industry are really trying to break that stigma around incontinence but it's still a very you know very personal very sensitive topic and so people really just want to feel normal and not have to you know worry about this condition that they're living with before we go further i want to pause here and emphasize one point that adam and vicky made you heard me use and emphasize the word normal and you'll hear adam use it a few more times in response to my comment but they both explained why normal isn't a great word to use and how it can actually add to the stigma and the shame that those with the condition feel. We try not to use those words normal because they can be interpreted in many different ways. And it it does create kind of an emotional battle that is not helping anybody. And we use terms like incontinence is very common. It is very manageable. There is help. And you're not a failure if the medical treatments don't cure incontinence 100%. So it is something that that many, many people are dealing with, whether it's now or in the future or multiple times. And just trying to put people at at ease that they're not alone and it's not their fault because often people blame themselves first that somehow I caused this through my eating or diet or exercise or medications. And in some ways, there may be a portion of that, but it's a part of living that everybody has to deal with. And there is help both on the medical side and on the, the care supply side that working in tandem and the sooner you get into uh, handling both of those aspects of it, the, the more options you're going to have to return to that, what you consider your normal lifestyle for whatever uh, portion of life that, that you're in right now. So it's, it's a very complicated emotional topic. I just wanted to add, we like to say that we like to help people live life to the fullest. So, you know, normal, not normal, we don't really want to go there, right? We don't want people to feel, as you said, the the stigma. We don't want people to feel that way or isolated or alone. And throughout healthcare, and especially here at North Shore, we say we're going to help you live life to the fullest. And that's the goal. 
Yeah, it's a very uh, tricky balance there because the medical profession views very strongly that incontinence is not a normal part of aging. And they work very hard to educate individuals that incontinence is something that is not normal, feeling that if people understood this was not a normal part of aging, that they would be more likely to go visit a medical professional to get it taken care of, to get to get help. But as you mentioned, people have this other need to feel normal kind of in a few different ways. And we kind of uh, ended up breaking it down into three different ways that, that people really want this quest for normalcy. And one is they want their normal routine back. Okay, so it's I want to be able to go to work or sleep through the night or uh, or travel or visit family. Okay, so they really want their normal routine back, even if they need support. Um, And two is they want to feel like they're aging normal. So, you know, the fact that incontinence is so highly correlated with uh, with aging, but there's not necessarily causation per se. So it gets a very tricky balance to um, to balance those medical needs. Of, uh, of trying to incentivize people to, to seek care for something that they're dealing with and balancing that with, you know, something that's not normal is very stigmatized and often highly correlated with kind of mental incompetence, which kind of gets back to that third part of that quest for normalcy is they want to feel like they're a normal person. And, uh, you know, personally myself, I became certified as a, a board certified patient advocate. So really, uh, use this patient-centered approach of understanding what people's needs are and providing them the most information possible so that they can make the most informed medical decisions about how to care for themselves or their family members as possible. So at North Shore, again, we're not dispensing medical advice, but what we're doing is providing the support they need and the resources they need. And oftentimes the absorbent products are a part of that. They help you get to the doctor or the nurse or the or the specialist or to, you know, through a, a long scan, if you will. There's all these things that are important to help people uh, manage their care. Yeah, a lot to think about. And, and I think I appreciate you sharing the perspective on the use of the word normal. That was one that I latched onto, but no, it makes a lot of sense that there can be a lot of different definitions or meanings behind that. So I, I appreciate the, the perspective of the use of the word common and, and treatable and manageable, things like that. Now we've jumped ahead a little, but I'm, I'm going to rewind it a bit here. And, and Diane, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. Can we level set our audience here on the condition of incontinence and, and really what incontinence means? Sure, I'd be happy to. I think we did touch on some of this already, but incontinence broadly is defined as the inability of the body to control the function of urination or defecation, which covers, as was said, a huge range of function anything from an occasional small leak to full loss of control. And there are so many different types of incontinence, so both fecal as well as urinary incontinence. But just to highlight a few to show that diversity, you know, there's stress incontinence, which is often a small leak in a situation like sneezing or coughing or exercising, so a smaller occasional leak, to overflow, which is a leakage due to full capacity of the bladder, to urge, which is an overactive bladder, to functional, which is a full loss of control. So again, as we've been talking about throughout this, it's very diverse and and complex. And along with that diversity in the types of incontinence, there's also diversity, as was mentioned, in the people that are affected. We often think of incontinence as something that just impacts the older adults. However, it, it actually impacts almost all of us at some point in our life and people of all ages and with so many different conditions. 
So it can be a, a symptom of a medical condition or a disability or related to any number of, of factors, temporary or, or long-term, such as pregnancy and childbirth or post-operative conditions or due to obesity or side effects of medication or natural aging of the pelvic floor muscles. So again, extremely diverse. And along with that, it's also, it impacts each person differently. So we'll certainly talk a lot about that more as we get into the needs, but it impacts people for different reasons and in different ways. So again, it's very complex. And as was said, many people are really embarrassed by the condition, so they don't talk about it, not with their family and friends, but also, unfortunately, not with their doctors. So I read that on average, it can take people seven years with incontinence before they're talking to their doctors. So if you're embarrassed and you're struggling and perhaps you're not finding the right products or the right treatments to help you manage, it really can take a physical and an emotional toll. And as far as managing the condition, as was said, there's, there's a number of different options. So what's the best option for treatment really depends on the specific condition or causes. And it, it depends on the desires really of each person and, and how they want to manage the condition, but it can often be treated, as was said. So those options can include everything from simple exercises to strengthen the pelvic floor or diet changes to medicines, different medications, to a whole variety of different medical operations. But in most cases, the part that we focused a lot on is that managing them can involve the use of absorbent products as well to help manage that condition along with whatever treatment is used. And I think the thing that stuck out to me there was just how, like you said, how diverse the, the group of sufferers really is. I mean, it not only impacts a large number of people, but it's not limited to people in elderly care homes. It, it's, it certainly affects anyone at any point in their life for any number of reasons. And, you know, whether it's surgery or giving birth or, or, you know, head injuries, you know, all sorts of things that maybe people don't necessarily think of when they're thinking of the stereotypical incontinent person, which I would think would be an, a, maybe a more elderly person, but there's a lot of different situations that can lead to incontinence out there. And we'll, we'll dive into some of those for sure as well. So now we've got the basics out of the way. Um, we'll dive a little deeper. And, and again, we'll, we'll look at that diversity and, and some of the demographics with, with you, uh, Adam and Vicki. Can, can you dive into the demographics of the market and, and what the market looks like right now? What I would like to share is you know, a little known fact is how many people really are managing incontinence, some form of urinary or bowel, and it's about 80 million. I mean, it's a huge number of individuals. And as we've said on this call, men, women, and children of all ages. So it can affect anyone anywhere. And that's so interesting is that it can be that pervasive and it can be something that affects literally everyone, right? And, and that's what I think surprises a lot of people to hear. And then also another fact in terms of statistics, one third of people affected by incontinence are under the age of 30. You know, a lot of people think it is something that affects older people, women, things like that. But really, a third of those people are under under 30 years of age. You know, very interesting statistics when you look at it. Yeah, just to add on to that. So how do we come up with about 80 million people in the United States, 80 million adults? And it's really two things. The urinary incontinence is estimated to be uh, 25 percent. So one in four of adults are dealing with some form of, of, uh, of bladder dysfunction, um, whether that's actual incontinence, loss of control, or just going to the bathroom too, too frequently. And about 8% of adults are estimated to be dealing with bowel incontinence of some 
uh, shape or form, and things like Crohn's and colitis, IBS, they they contribute to uh, to the, that population as well. So, and you know, as uh, as Vicky said, you know, it's something that so in total you have basically one in three uh, people dealing with incontinence uh, today or in you know at some point in the near future. Two in three will deal with it uh, at some point in their lifetime. In fact, the number is probably even even higher than that. But three in three, 100% of us are going to be dealing with it either with ourselves or somebody in our close family, and often multiple times, whether that's our children or after childbirth or another life event, something like that. So it's something that really shouldn't be stigmatized. Yes, it's something that can be uh, treated, as Diane mentioned. There's There's many different ways to manage that and treat that. But nobody should feel ashamed for having to deal with incontinence. Yes, it's something that people will always want to keep private. And so they will want it to keep, keep it very discreet. That's a very important attribute of the products, the treatments, uh, communication around incontinence. But nobody should feel ashamed uh, for having to go through this. And, but yet almost everybody uh, claims to be feeling isolated, alone. They feel like they're some sort of a freak for having to deal with this, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, a five-year-old that's uh, still struggling with, with potty training or uh, a teenager that's struggling with uh, bedwetting at night or a young adult uh, dealing with some uh, nerve or muscle damage for whatever reason or somebody with a birth defect that's uh, dealing with kidney dysfunction for, the, for their whole life. So there's just, there's such a wide variety. Everybody really should be, you know, just treated as, uh, as, as people that are Need, need some assistance in certain areas. And the sooner we can get people to managing this condition, the more options they have. So the more of those things that Diane was talking about will be at their disposal. Uh, certain things like medications that have made great advances, but they have side effects. So some of them may have side effects of increasing blood pressure. Well, if you wait too long when other reasons may have increased your blood pressure, now those medications may not be at, at the disposal of you and your physician. Well, if you start earlier getting it treated when you're first you know, finding those symptoms, the, the, that potential side effect may not be an issue and your condition may be able to be rectified before that becomes an issue. So this one example why all these things, and we found actually those that have the heavier loss of control, whether it's bladder or bowel, are the, are the ones that are most likely to avoid seeking care, whether it's absorbent products or medical treatment, because they are the most stigmatized uh, by uh, by dealing with the condition that that they're suffering through, and they are the ones that are most likely to self isolate themselves at home or some somewhere near a bathroom or wherever they are, and really impacts their quality of life even more. So those are the ones that North Shore has really focused on because they are the ones that are most impacted and also the ones that have the least options available at the retail stores because their needs are are much more complex. You would think with 80 million people in the U.S. that it, it might be, you know, some, and, and it being that common, it might be something that there, there would be more support and less stigma around. I mean, I feel like if, if there was 80 million people in the U.S. with another problem that maybe didn't have the, the stigma around it, you would have support groups, you would have advertisement campaigns and commercials. And for something like this, we're still behind a little bit on, on really letting people know it's common. It's not something to feel, you know, stigmatized or bad about. And particularly, as you said, with people who are suffering, you know, heavy, heavy fecal incontinence, not something you have to hide from and, and you know, hide away. You know, uh, Vicki, you mentioned this earlier. We just want people to live their best lives. 
and be able to be happy and, and comfortable. And so I, I'm confident we will get there, but I wish we, we were several years ahead as far as comfort level and, and in that stigma. But I think we'll get there through some of the work that North Shore and other suppliers are doing. And I think having conversations like this, where we are talking about ending the stigma and, and talking about it more and more, I mean, this only helps it. It can only help. Yep. Absolutely. So there's this whole other portion of the market that maybe has a little bit less of a voice or is maybe overlooked a little bit. And that would be institutions like hospitals and, and elderly care homes. How do the product and purchasing preference differ between these two groups? And I, we'll start with, with the North Shore team. First, I would like to add, I feel like I'm the statistics person on the call. So one of the leading reasons older adults enter nursing homes, and a lot of people don't know this, is because of an incontinence issue. So incontinence yeah. is one of the reasons, the top reasons why older adults are going into nursing homes and senior communities. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think it just comes from people not knowing what to do. And also, I, I don't know, Adam, if you talked about this in, in your talk, but there are people who are almost kind of getting forced in because people are associating incontinence with competence and family members don't know what to do. And so they just kind of react by, all right, you're going in the home. And obviously that's not necessary. And those, those two things aren't necessarily associated. And it's got to just add to the, the shame and the stigma around the, the condition when you're seeing that type of thing happen. Yeah. And I would you know, add to that. For whatever the reason is, you know, managing incontinence care, you know, as, as it progresses and as the patient's health, you know, it gets more complicated, it just becomes very frustrating for the family to manage that at home. It could be you know, costly time, you know, it's embarrassing, all that. I mean, it just, it just doesn't end. I mean, when you have, when you have kids, the, the hope is by the time they're three or so, they're, they're out of baby diapers. And that's not always the case, but that's the, that's the, the hope. Whereas something that becomes a chronic condition, like incontinence, it just wears down the family members, especially if they're having to get up in the middle of the night and, and, and do changes. And so when nobody's well rested, it just wears people down very, very quickly. So, you know, what we're doing is, A, trying to provide products that people that can get people through the night, even the heaviest of, of potential uh, needs, um, so that, you know, everybody can keep people at home as long as possible. And then when you when you go out scouting facilities to move your, your loved ones into, the facilities will say, oh, incontinence isn't an issue here. These are all very active uh, seniors, active adults. Um, when, of course, that's it's just not possible. So they're trying to hide it because it's this taboo issue that nobody really wants to talk about. So you're wanting to bring your family member there and they're saying, well, we don't really deal with that here. So you're like, OK, but I I need somebody who can help manage the care in that area. So it becomes a very. Uh, interesting balance and frustrating balance. But going back to the facilities, uh, from their angle, you know, they want products that are going to meet the needs of their their resident population, which does vary widely depending on the types of facilities from uh, an Alzheimer's and memory care facility down all the way down to independent or assisted living, which has more active adults. Um, hospitals and rehab facilities may have more short-term needs, so they're trying to get people up and into the bathroom, so they might be using a different type of absorbent products because of the actual needs of the way their their treatment plan is is scheduled, depending on uh, the the patients. When you get into skilled nursing and some higher higher uh, need levels of in assisted living and so forth, a lot of it goes down to the needs of their staff. So, 
you know, they need products that their staff can safely and efficiently use for their residents. They're trying to do things like minimize risk of fall, minimize uh, skin breakdown, pressure ulcers, other uh, issues which could be costly medical conditions, which they're trying desperately to avoid. But they struggle with issues about terminology, confusion among their, their staff levels, about sizing. You know, there's this uh, thought among the staff level in the, in the home, the care homes, that, you know, everybody should be in a size large, even an 85 or 90 pound woman, you know, just because it's larger, it's more absorbent and it's a little bit more efficient for them to just order one size fits all for everybody, you know, because they're just really not set up to handle the inventory and sizing to that level of detail. So for whatever the reason is, there's a lot of complexity. But today, the number one issue is just staffing availability. And COVID really exacerbated that more than anybody could have ever predicted. There's just loss of staff in the senior living and home care community. They're just desperate right now. So, uh, you know, that two-hour check and change is just, that's just not going to work. They don't have the staff to do that, to use that approach to keep uh, residents dry. So uh, North Shore is, uh, you know, getting a lot of outreach from the senior living marketplace looking for products that can keep the residents dry for longer periods of time so they can cut down their changes for heavy incontinence populations from seven to ten a day down to two to three a day uh, depending on uh, the patient and really not only possibly reduce their their costs and the materials themselves but not needing as many accessory type products to manage potential leaks from lower absorbent products but also just reducing that number of changes and um, I can say it's uh, it's really eye-opening when they see that there are products out there. Yes, the products themselves are more expensive that keep uh, can actually keep somebody dry for eight to 12 hours. So that's something that they've never seen before really in nursing homes or hospitals, and they don't believe it's even possible. But we're there to show them, yes, you're going to spend more on the products, but uh, you're going to use much less of them. That's going to offset it, and you're going to reduce your labor by up to 70%, which is a huge chunk of, of their labor. So um, and we want that labor to be available for providing more direct patient care, not just changing diapers all day long and waking people up two, three, four times in the middle of the night to change diapers. So, you know, we feel that, you know, what we're bringing is something different. And the fact that there is this labor crisis right now has exacerbated the need to, to find a different approach. And the federal uh, requirement for nursing home staff to all be vaccinated coming soon, I think here in October of, uh, of 2021 is just going to make that issue become a crisis level. So we're hoping to provide an alternative that can uh, provide a different approach and hopefully also improve the level of patient care. And as Adam was saying, you know, in acute care settings like hospitals and also I would say the skilled nursing facilities where you have heavier care and medically complex patients and, and residents, in those facilities, you see a lot of multiple products, right? You'll see a couple of underpads on the bed. You'll see them wearing a tab style brief, plus maybe a pad, plus, plus, plus. But there are at least four layers when you're in the hospital setting or you're in the skilled nursing setting. And what Adam's saying is, you know, that that means you're changing a lot, right? You're taking the pad off, but then you have the tab style brief and then you have the underpad. And usually there are like full changes in those settings, right? You're, you're changing all four of those pieces, including the second underpad possibly um, that you're using on the bed. And so maybe that's not, you know, that's what we're saying is that's not necessarily needed, right? If you're using the, the most absorbent products possible, you can 
cut down on the changes and, and the labor involved. And the waste. Exactly. <laughs> the, I mean, you're probably throwing money away if you're using that many products there. So yeah, it's that the options are out there. And, and as you said earlier, it's about the, the education side of things and making sure people are aware of that and, and exposing them to these, these other options that are available. And just building on that, institutions can bring additional needs as well in that you know, if you just have one product, maybe the smell of that product is negligible. But if you have a closet full of the products, now it becomes something that you can smell in a significant way, managing it before as well as, as after use. Or the caregivers, as, as you've talked about, that you know, they, they need to move the patient to be able to change all of those layers. And they may be using the, the diaper, the brief to, to actually help move. So things like attachments have to be stronger than they would have to be just to hold the, the product on place on the patient. So as you look at it, it's the needs of the, the consumer, the patient, as well as the needs of the caregiver and the institution that really come into play. Right. To avoid bed sores, I mean, you have to move people and you have to move them around and you have to be able, you have to have a good product, a premium product to do that without it tearing and without needing another one as you're repositioning. Yeah. And I think it, it comes back a lot to that, that education, especially if you're, if you're going through staffing issues and, and you're training people over and over, finding a good way to make them aware of what best practices are or, or what products to use or, or things like that becomes more and more of a challenge. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As I said, this was part one of two episodes with North Shore Care Supply on the incontinence market in the U.S. Next week, we'll dive deeper into the needs of those living with incontinence. Attached to Hygiene is brought to you by Bostic and is hosted by me, Jack Hughes. It is produced and edited by me with the help of Paul Andrews, Michelle Tonkovitz, Emery Chernus, and Nikki Ackerman of Green Onion Creative. Our theme music is by Jonathan Boyle. You can follow Bostic for more hygiene industry insights on LinkedIn at Disposable Hygiene Adhesives or email us with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes at hygiene at bostic.com. That's H-Y-G-I. E-N-E at Bostic.com. We'd also like to extend a special thank you to our guests, Adam Greenberg and Vicki Wolpoff from North Shore Care Supply and Diane Tunin from Bostic. You can find both Adam and Vicki on LinkedIn, where they're both very active, and you can find North Shore on their website, NorthShoreCare.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll include the link to all of their channels in the show notes. Diane is also pretty active on LinkedIn, so you can find her there, and you're more than welcome to direct any emails to her at the hygieneatbostic.com email address I just mentioned. We'd also like to provide one more resource to anyone looking to learn more about the condition of incontinence. One of the people who helped Bostic learn more about incontinence is Alan Cottenden, Emeritus Professor of Incontinence Technology at the University College of London. Professor Cottenden is one of the organizers of the event Incontinence, the Engineering Challenge, which is a conference that aims to inform, encourage, and inspire those who are keen to improve the technology for diagnosing, treating, or managing urinary or fecal incontinence. The conference takes place virtually on November 16th and 17th of this year, so for those who are interested in learning more about the condition of incontinence and how to treat and manage it, we'll include a link to the virtual conference in the show notes. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast and share us with a friend or colleague. You can find Attached to Hygiene on our website and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now YouTube. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.